Welcome to the Grad School Femtoring Podcast, the place for first-gen students of color to prepare for grad school. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Fu, and I will be serving as your femtor, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into and successfully navigate grad school. For over 10 years, I've been helping first-gen students of color get into top grad programs in their field, and I'm really excited to support you on your academic journey too. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Yvette, and today I have a special episode all about the value of leadership, entrepreneurship, and mentoring. And we also have a special guest. Our guest today is Dr. Esmeralda Adame. She is a first-generation student with a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering, a master's degree in business, educa- uh, business, business administration, and a doctoral degree in educational leadership. Dr. Adame is the founder and CEO at Consulting Firm LLC, where she supports organizations by assessing and improving company culture, business processes and efficiency. She um, also works on research and one of her passions is persistence in STEM, exposing the diversity of career opportunities and the importance of soft skills, networking and giving back. She's also a fellow podcaster and has her own podcast, Persistence in Adversity, which y'all should check out. So we'll have her talk a little bit more about that a little later. Um, but she does a lot of things, wears many hats, and I'm really happy to have her. Welcome to the podcast, Doctora Esmeralda. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yes, of course. I'm happy we could do this. Um, so I would love for you to get started the way that I have most folks get started. I want to hear more about you. I want to hear about your background, your backstory, and essentially everything that led to you becoming who you are and doing what you do, your current career path, entrepreneurship. Um, I know that's a big loaded question. So whatever you're comfortable sharing about kind of how you got to where you are. Of course, I am. uh, I tell people that I am Mexican. I'm the youngest of 13. I, uh, my mom brought uh, myself and uh, six other of my siblings over when I was seven to the United States. And uh, we settled in Mission, Texas, right in the border from Mexico. We're like 10 minutes away from the border way, way, way further down. When I said RGV or we say Valley or South Texas, people think it's San Antonio. No, mm. it's way further, four hours further down than San Antonio. And this is where I've been. This is where the story began. <laughs> and uh, I am excited to, again to be here and share a little bit of my story. And when I also describe myself, I say that if I can do it, anybody can do it. So I rarely introduce myself as doctor, doctora. I really don't and for the reason being that is it's a title right yeah and it was really hard to obtain however mm-hmm. um i like to say that um just esmeralda right this uh, short uh, you know girl from uh, mexico that was again brought over here and i had the privilege and honor to go to college even though my mom and my dad really only graduated third and fourth grade they really didn't expect much from us. They really wanted them us to finish maybe high school. And that was it. After that, I told my mom, I don't want to go to college. And she's like, what are you talking about? Te casas, te mantienes el marido, and that's it. 
no, no vayas a la escuela. That, that was her thing. She wanted me to just uh, graduate high school and um, get married and my husband was going to support me. Later on, she said, you know, she told me, Mijita, I'm so glad you didn't listen to me. I'm glad that you went to college. I'm glad that you're responsible, that you be able to support yourself and don't need to depend on anybody. And but she got to see, you know, the value of education afterwards. But when we were there younger, she was like, you know what? You're studying so much. Don't do it. It's too many hours. It's three in the morning. What are you doing? Go to bed. But yeah, that was engineering, right? I didn't have a life yeah. uh, doing mechanical engineering. It was really, really, uh, it was a, a hard choice. I did it. So I'm happy that I finished that. Would I do it again? I don't know. May I ask <laughs> what brought you to uh, to pursuing mechanical engineering as a Mexicana? That, that's not the first <laughs> major yes, you think I, of. <laughs> when I told my dad that I was going to go and be a mechanical engineer, he's like, mijita, ¿para qué vas a componer carros? ¿Por qué quieres hacer eso, right? He thought I was going to go fix cars. That's so funny. And you see, they, they didn't know what it was. And it's not a lot. But again, being in the Valley, being Mexican, being first female, you know, you get to study here. Like, you don't go away. Like, you mm -hmm. need to study whatever's here. I remember graduating and I told my mom, mom, I need a car. And she's like, what for? And I was like, I want to go to college. And she's like, um, she had no idea what to answer. But, you know, being the typical Hispanic, uh, you know, familia, you throw and go all out in the quinceañeras, right? And, but now you get to, you know, graduate high school and you guess what? I wanted a vehicle, but we, we grew up poor, you know, yeah. we didn't know we were poor on, until we didn't know. I mean, we, we thought that it was normal, no, not, you know, taking a shower and then you're trying yourself and you're sweating already because there's no AC, Yeah, you know, and then having <laughs> to, to, I mean, I remember being young and my mom was in food stamps, you know, we, we will walk everywhere and, uh, I now, because I live in the same area and I tell my kids, you know, from here this way, we will come all the way to HEB here, you know, walking and push the cart full of groceries back home. No way. All the way to grandma's? Yes. Really? And then we will go all the way to the store and then come and go, what? Because we didn't have a car. We had to walk everywhere. There was no such thing as eating out. And it was something I saw on Facebook the other day that growing up Hispanic or Mexican, you know, you use the bread for hot dog bread, you know, a, a hamburger bread. And it's yeah. that. I mean, we had to work with what we had, right? So again, we grew up with a lot of, didn't have much, but it was a happy childhood. And uh, just going back to why I chose engineering, well, my some of my brothers have been in construction and that, so I was kind of leaning into architecture. But again, because there's just no way you're going to leave the house if you're not married, you're not going to go away, much less for college. I had to choose from what was here nearby. Mm -hmm. So I went to the, the, to the local college, South Texas College, and I earned a uh, degree in design, which was CAD design, right? So that gave me the opportunity to work, uh, having uh, a job at a local company, which is in host engineering. And from there, that's when I got to see that uh, the boss right, would come in on Fridays, you know, in his golf shorts and sign and leave. And it was other people, a lot of other people were right, doing work and things like that. Hey, I think I want to do that. Right. And I liked it. So I decided, you know, I started looking to engineering and there were options here at the local university and it was about 30, 35 minutes away. By that time, I was already working, got to pay, you know, save money to buy my own car. 
And uh, that's when I said, you know what, I'm going to do engineering. And uh, there weren't many choices here. So the one that kind of I liked the most was mechanical. So I, I signed up for it and not thinking twice. And then after a while, I was like, oh, it is a really uh, difficult career. But it's, again, it's very hard. I ask, I tell people when I mentor now, they ask me, would you, what do you recommend? Do you, should I do engineering? And I tell them mechanical from a one to 10 is a 15, but it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. And that's how it just ended up, you know, I, and then I moved on later to work with an architectural firm and got to deal and uh, work with a, a lot of design and work with, uh, deal with engineers. And I liked it. I liked the, the the fact that I was being part of something that was getting designed, something that was being part of, hey, I work in that building, or I, I remember working on that bus station, things like that. So it was really neat. And I liked the fact that, again, I was being part of something that was going to stay there for generations. Wow. So you, it, it, the way that you've built up to share your story, it sounds like you're going to tell me that you then kept going and moved your way up <laughs> in the company or, you know, cause you started with the, with the jobs and realized, Oh, I, I, I like what he's doing or I like that he yeah, comes no. in on Fridays. So how, how did that, how did you pivot from, <laughs> from that to now you're an entrepreneur? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I worked there, and then after I I graduated college, I was asked uh, by uh, the dean of the local college where I had gone to school. He called me up and said, "If I would like to teach, he had a, t- a teaching opportunity." And I was like, "Heck no!" I didn't tell him that, right? But I was like, "No, <laughs> I don't think so," because teaching was never a uh, not even it was never. We would have told me, "You know what? You're going to teach one day. You're going to do this," and I would have said, "Hell, no, 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 no," right? So I said, you know what, let me, let me take it. Let, let me take the opportunity. Let, let me teach for a year. Cause I knew I wanted to do a master's. At this point so, you had, you, I had just graduated college. Ah, I, I was okay. working, I was working full-time going to school full-time, you know, and back then, uh, you know, right now it's 12 hours full-time back then you were, I was taking 19 hours, 17 hours with labs and so forth, working 40 hours. Wow. It was crazy chaos. Right. And then I said, you know what, let me try, let me teach first semester or two before I do my master's. So I had interviewed with several companies, but I knew that the timing was not going to allow me to go to college. So I remember um, I, I started teaching one semester and I said, you know what, I like this. And then after a year, 18 years later, <laughs> I'm still teaching at a level <laughs> college and I love it. I love, I love what I do. I, I love teaching. I love being in the classroom. I love that I get to impact people, the students. I love that I get students. I, I see me in them, you know, way back when I was green and had no, no idea when I was, I can only say I was poor, you know, I had to miss school a lot of times because I'm gas. I didn't have gas. I had to miss classes at college because there was no ride had to miss because a lot of times days will, will, you know, with one meal a day. And this is how our students right now are, are showing up to the yeah. classroom. So I see that. So I get to encourage them saying, you know what? I was where you're at. I was there. So please don't give up. Don't give up on your dream. Keep going, keep moving forward. So going back when I was doing a master's in 2008, my husband tells me, he would tell me all the time, you know what, it's time for you to start your own business. Why don't you start a consulting firm? People charge for everything that you do. You do a lot of mentoring in the community. You do a lot of mentoring at church, at work, everywhere. He goes, you do so many things. You should start your consulting firm, do this, do that. And I was like, later, later, later. It's just that I wanted to give back, right? So yes. you fast forward uh, during uh, 
the pandemic, I said, you know what, I think it's time. So in 2020, well, it was started in 19, 2019. I um, started thinking, you know what, finally, so I got to do my LLC, which is consulting for my LLC. The podcasting thing actually came, the idea came in 2017 when I graduated my doctorate. I was blessed enough to have a doctorate. I never had imagined that I would be a doctor ever, ever. That was not in my dreams at all because I didn't even know what knew what a master's was. You know, being Mexican, being Hispanic, I had no idea. I knew I wanted to become a, 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 um, an engineer and that's it. To me, the top of the mountain was become an engineer. When I, I reached I'm age 24 and I become the engineer, I'm like, okay, now what? Yeah. I, feel I'm, I feel I'm young, but I had never been exposed to anything else. Never been exposed to nothing. I had, it was um, when I was there about to graduate, a, a professor came in and spoke about a master's degree. And then was, that's when I said, huh, maybe I can do that. I'll think about it. And then just thought about it for a couple of days. And I said, you know what, I'm going to sign up. I think I want to do it. I think I can. And that's how I ended up, you know, registering for the master's. I ended up teaching at the local college. And then you fast forward again, 2019, 2017, I start meeting with a, uh, one of my mentors and I tell her that, hey, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. This is the idea that I have for the book. And this is another idea for a book. And she was the one said, no, you need to become a podcaster. You need to start a podcast. And I kept saying, no, I want to write a book. So she, I will meet with her weeks later and she's like, podcast. And I was like, book. And then again, as you podcast, I'll be no book. So that's how I started. And then you move over another year. And then I started cleaning my office during the pandemic. And that's when I, my notes started the book. You know what? I'm going to start writing away. So I start writing away. And, uh, and I hit the notes where it says podcast. I said, you know what? This is the time to do it. So I just started by the equipment, started doing the whole thing, started recording people, had the whole thing. And that's how the podcast started. And the book is still there in the process. But now it's been almost two years with the podcast and uh, the book is there. And with the doctorate in leadership, I get the opportunity to do a lot of coaching, a lot of um, helping other people. And I think I have the, um, just sharing my story. I'm not saying, um, cause people see me as like, oh, you're so smart. You do this, you do that. And honestly, I just say, you know what? Maybe I have titles, maybe I did school, maybe I did that. And yes, I've done, I've gone to struggles. I've done that, but I like to share my story. And my story is simple, you know, first generation, they didn't speak a word of English. And now I'm a doctor. Guess what? It's not impossible. Let me help you get there. And really that's my short story. I love that. <laughs> um, so actually today you're here to talk about like some of the things that overlapped, you know, what you, you said that you, you got your, your, I guess, MBA degree, and then you mm -hmm. got your PhD and, or doctoral degree, I should say in mm -hmm. educational leadership. So leadership, entrepreneurship, and then also mentoring. So um, can you tell us about kind of why these topics are so valuable, so meaningful to you, aside from the fact that you have degrees <laughs> in these topics? Of course, too. <laughs> of course. Thank you. And I think they overlap. You said yeah. the keyword overlap. And I think I, I think they do. I think uh, as a matter, I don't know, I think before I even became a mom, I was already like a Sunday school teacher. I wanted, you know, kind of help out. I my, my heart is in the community. My heart is helping others. And I kind of felt like 
I was lacking mentors. Same. I was lacking guidance. I lacked the leadership. I lacked the, the, I didn't have that person to look up to say, you know what, I'm going to be like that person or, or that person that took me by the hand or, or kind of would advise me. I didn't have that. So I want to make sure that our, that my kids, that your kids, that everybody's kids have that. I think we have a duty as community members, as, uh, you know, we have a duty to give back. We have a duty to, to lead. We need to guide. We need to mentor. We can't just be complaining, oh, this new generation, uh, Z, whatever generation we're in now, is like, oh, they're always on their cell phone. They're always doing this. They, they, don't, they lack the, the soft skills. Guess what? Let's stop complaining and let's help them. Let's equip them with what they need. Maybe that's all they know. You know, that, that maybe they don't know any better. They, 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 we, I want to make sure that I teach and, and share the story to, to the leaders in the community. Say, you know what? Let's take them by the hand. And maybe it's going to take a day or two. It's gonna, some are going to take longer than others. But you know what? I want to make sure that when I get old, hopefully not anytime soon, that that nurse, that that doctor that takes care of me, has those not just the, the 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 doctor skills right but the people skills that he cares about the patients that he cares about me that he takes care of me like i was the mom or the grandma you know what i mean they, they need to have that heart to do a little more than this just their job i want people to have the job not just the profession but i want them to choose the job that fills them i want them to work not only with their mind in their hands, but also with their heart. And that's where this mentoring, leadership, guiding thing, coaching came about because I feel that uh, we're lacking that right now. The, the, I mean, I have kids. I have a lot of nephews and nieces. I have see kids in the community and the church where, where I serve. And a lot of places that I work with, a lot of young people, they, they're lacking a lot of these things. And guess what? Maybe nobody has taken the time to, to literally teach them. And so we need to take the time to be mentors, to be leaders, because we're getting ready to retire sometime soon or maybe later, but they need to have what it takes to lead. They need to be able to, again, to lead not just with, with their skills, you know, what they went to school, but they need to lead with the heart. They need to lead with, you know, know their why, find their passion, find their purpose, and go with that and be happy. We know that. Research shows that happy employees don't mind staying the extra 15 minutes. They don't mind going the extra mile. So I want everybody that I coach and lead and guide to be where they want to be, to be where they're flourishing, to be, I guess, have their dream job. That way they can be great at it. Yeah. I mean, I know that it's it's such a privilege to be able to mentor others. And in my experience, not only is there a lot to teach them, but there's also so much to learn from them too, especially if they're of a different generation. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. You don't know. I know I'm not in TikTok. I am not. I barely got Instagram the other day. And and they would tell me, you know, oh, old folks are in, the viejitos are in Facebook. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. But it's, of course, it's, it's a, you know, we learn from each other. There's a lot of things that you know that I don't know and vice versa. Don't ever, anybody who's listening out there, you don't feel that, don't feel like, oh, I know it all. No, we learn every day. We learn and we live and learn. I mean, some, there's that saying that sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And you know, you know what to do, what not to do, how to do it faster. So I love 
you know, helping companies and teams and people, you know, go to the next level in leadership. Yes. Speaking of leadership, actually, um, I am curious to learn because I know there are there might be folks listening in the audience who want to strengthen their leadership skills. I I've heard of students who um, will say that if they didn't have any opportunities to get involved in any extracurriculars or anything like that, that they are lacking that leadership skills or they're wanting to learn more. So how did you learn leadership skills? Honestly, there's that saying, right? I am not bossy. I am the boss. Or you see kids, right, when, when they're playing and you see, oh, that's the bossy one. No, those are leadership skills already that, that little girl or the little boy have already. And I don't know. I, I think it's just uh, when I started contemplating uh, uh, doctorate degrees, mm -hmm. I, I, that stood out. That stood out, the education leadership, because I had been in education already for 14 plus years in leadership. I always like to, I always like to speak up. I don't, I'm not one to stay quiet. I'm one to, hey, if I don't have a seat at the table, I'll make my own table. I'm one to say, you know what, to speak for those that don't have a voice. And I say, you know what, I think I want to have a leadership degree and kind of to go with the stuff that I was doing already, because I was doing a lot of things in the community, doing stuff here and there. And I said, you know what? I want this leadership degree to kind of back me up on everything that I'm doing. And it does it kind of kind of puts a seal, right? Like when I got my all the speaking things, I've been speaking forever. And I tell people I've been speaking, you know, engagements and being guest speaker here and there for 19 years. Now I'm charging, right? I'm getting paid for it. But the experience is, is a lot. So I earned and I received my John Maxwell certification, right? So with that, it, again, it kind of puts a seal on what you're doing. And those and can, can you tell folks who may not be familiar with the certification what that is? Sure. John Maxwell is a very known author, um, Christian-based author that has uh, provides his leadership uh, uh, seals or this leadership trainings, right? And it's just speaking. It's speaking, even though it's through Christian education, it also gives you really leadership. When we're talking about time management, leadership and all that, it got kind of that goes and applies everywhere. It can be in your personal life, anywhere. Because honestly, if you want to be a leader, the first person that you lead is yourself. So you need to learn self-discipline and how to manage yourself, your time and so forth. And then you can lead others, right? So that's what this is about. So if you need more information, you can check out my website. But it's just something that I guess filled me. I know I had it that fills me. I had a it was 2014-ish around there. I said, you know what? One day I think I want to earn that certification. I would really like to impact more people. And that's just my little circle. So that's why the podcast started also. You know what? I think I can impact more people, not just here, not just in the U.S., but all over the world. I don't, uh, I don't like to limit myself. And I, I feel that those topics we talk about, the things that we do, and the things that I help with are... Um, I felt sometimes that I was mentoring, uh, for example, a student would come by and, or I would get a call from uh, somebody who would tell me, oh, can you talk to my neighbor's nephew? Sure. And I mean, just out of the blues and I didn't mind, you know, so we're there, we talk and I felt like, and then another person would call me and I felt I was repeating myself a lot of times and that same thing. I said, you know what? I want to start the podcast. I want to start a, a YouTube channel. I want to do this Facebook thing where I can just record where we're talking about mm -hmm. and it can impact more people at the same time. So again, leadership, I think it's something that is very important 
that our new generation needs, everybody needs. And again, you don't need to have a title to be a leader. You don't have to be in charge to be a leader. And uh, it comes at every level in management, regardless of your industry, you need to be able to lead and, and, and guide others. Yeah, that's so true. Especially if you plan to move up in your career at some point, <laughs> you're going to be working with others and you will be in a position to lead. So thank yeah. you for that. The other thing that um, that's coming up, it has to do with entrepreneurship, which, you know, we both have this in common, but I, I have had people um, approach me to ask, do I need to get an MBA? Like, how do I, how did you learn about entrepreneurship or, you know, um, what advice do you have for someone who wants to get involved? And I tell them, well, I, what, first of all, I'm still learning the process myself. Second of all, I don't have an MBA. So I can't tell you whether or not it is necessarily, you know, the right thing for you to get an MBA because I don't have that experience. And so I'm curious from, from your position as someone who does have that degree, you have had this kind of entrepreneur entrepreneurial background a little longer than mine. So you have more experience. Like how, how did you learn about entrepreneurship and what kind of advice would you give to someone who is interested in learning more? Of course, um, I think that's a very interesting question because there's a lot of people, especially young girls. I, I know when I do mentoring uh, for like teenagers or even junior high level, they always ask, oh, how can I be my own boss? How can yeah. I do this? Can I open my own company, right? And I tell them that everybody's different. Everybody's different. There's different ideas mm -hmm. and never to give up. Sometimes you have this great idea and then you need money for it. And then you go out there and do an invest and it doesn't work. And sometimes you have this other idea and it goes crazy and it's selling a million dollars the first year. Now, you do not need an MBA, of course. Uh, and then you're proof of that. You don't need it. Uh, does it have more weight? Well, not necessarily. I know a lot of entrepreneurs that don't even, didn't even go to college. They just had the ganas, right, to do it. I know a lot of uh, 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 owners, business owners that are really successful that were, you know, high school dropouts or college dropouts. So again, it just depends what, you, what you're doing, what you're selling. Are you selling a product? Are you selling a, uh, a service? Like, what is it that you're doing? And just give it all you got. Again, if you're doing what your passion is, you're going to be successful. You know, find your why, find your passion, and just go with it and you're going to be successful. So you don't need an MBA. Of course, it's a plus. Uh, you don't need all these degrees. If you, you, this is what you're doing and you're, you're great about it, you're passionate about it, and you're, again, great at it, it's going to succeed regardless of degrees or not. So how did I get into it? Again, it was just more into, you know what? I want to help others. I want to help others. And I actually help people with business startups as well. And I do, and I share my story and I tell them, okay, you can do this, you can do this, you could do that, right? And I am not a business analyst. I am not a business advisor by all means. I just kind of share my story. And that's how I start my, uh, my business advising, right? So that's my, um, that I am not. But uh, I tell them what worked for me and how it works. And I guide them to, okay, this is where you go. This is how much you need to invest, da, 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 and so on. And we go from there. Now, entrepreneurs, can anybody be an entrepreneur? Yes and no. You just need to have, I guess, what it takes. What does it take? Well, consistency, right? You need to be persistent because a lot of times people go into business and they want to start making money the first month. No. I mean, if you do any of the business classes, they, they tell you that, you know, you need to go into that business with not expecting no return in two years. 
you know, expecting a return now. And I also advise people that, you know how they, that phrase, don't put all your eggs in one basket, you know, try to do diversify. I know I am a believer of different sources of income and um, that find what's right for you, what works. And sometimes you might want to go at it alone. Sometimes you want to have investors. Sometimes you want to have business partners, but know that even if it's you and a really close friend of yours, or even if it's a family member, everything needs to be written. Mm-hmm. Everything that you do needs to be written and an agreement. But uh, entrepreneurship is something that it's, it's, it may, my sounds, might sound scary to some, but it's not. Just do it. And again, just find what it is that you want to do. Find your niche and you would succeed. That's great. That's great advice. Okay. So uh, I also want you to touch a little bit more on mentoring too, because that is critical to this podcast too, mentoring, mentoring. Um, So what have been your experiences with mentoring or even being a mentee or a mentor and how have these experiences shaped you? Um, I think mentoring is very important. Honestly, I have not done the research of when this started or I can, we didn't know when did the buzzword come about, right? Mentoring, mentoring. But I think we kind of knew before what it was. Again, I honestly didn't have mentors, but if I can tell you, I can point out three with, I cannot even fill out one hand of the people that really had an impact on me. Mm-hmm. One of them was my fifth grade teacher, Mr. Lopez. Uh, he was there and he was really encouraging. You know, he knew that I was not in English. You know, my first language language was not English. He would encourage me. Uh, after that was Dr. Bagley in college. He was amazing. He would really encourage. Uh, he was one of my engineering teachers. And then later on in my doctorate, another professor. But when I started and finishing my, doc- my doctorate degree, I looked back and I said, how is it? that I've gone to school so many years and I cannot even fill out one hand. Why? We're doing something wrong. I mean, we're entrusting our kids to be at school all day. I mean, our kids spend more time at school than they do with us at home. Mm -hmm. I mean, they come home and the dinner and then homework and shower, go to bed. And yet, they're not, again, I, I have this saying that I say that a lot of teachers, 90, 95% of teachers are teachers for three reasons. I don't know if you know what they are, even, but three reasons, June, July, and August. <laughs> and it sounds very oh. funny, but honestly, it is. What they want, the summer's off. And it's actually funny, but it's actually sad on the other, mm. the other side of the coin because they're not doing their passion. That's not because, again, why is it that I, I mean, I can see it on my kids. I can see who the amazing teachers are. Mm-hmm. I can see who are the teachers to just kind of going to go by, who are just there for a yeah. paycheck, who are just the only thing they could find, or there was nothing else because they didn't, nothing else interests them, right, when they were going to college. But, and then yet, and I don't blame them. A lot of them, especially the elementary teacher, which is supposed to be the basic of foundation for our kiddos forever, Right. They are supposed to be teaching every subject. And they're not. They're experts in English. There might be experts in math. They might be expert in one subject matter. Yet they're required to teach all the subjects. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so there's something wrong here. Not just that again, but I know my research, which is persistence in STEM, says that 
we need to expose young girls or everybody, right? But I know my, my focus was girls, but we need to focus our kids and expose them to STEM since second grade. What happens if this one child, your child, Dr. Yvette, or my mm -hmm. child goes through elementary with not having one single professor or teacher whose focus is math or focuses science? Yeah. They can care less about teaching my child. And I really, here I am, you know, and of course, research shows that, you know, the less, the social, the lower the socioeconomic status, the less likely students are going to pursue STEM. If the parents were not in STEM, they're not going to pursue STEM. And so many other statistics that I can share out there. But point is, is that it's the foundation. It's a foundation to, you know, to start them as low as second grade and they're not. So if they don't have those mentors, if they don't have those role models, if they don't have those people pushing you know, I didn't have them. I didn't have them. So that's when I realized again, when I was doing my doctorate, I said, you know what, how is it that I only had three people that were really, that had an impact on me? Well, I wish, I mean, I don't know who out there, I'm still having to, to have a person who can come, come to me and tell me I had, oh, here's five, six, seven, none of them. Mm -hmm. So you know what I mean? So it's actually something that we need to change. And again, I kind of took it upon myself, say, you know what, I'm going to be that mentor. I'm going to be the mentor to whoever I can. I'm going to be the mentor to those young girls that need it. I want to be that mentor to those young people, the young uh, men that are still lost, that, that they're 18 and they're full frustrated. I know I'll give a speech at a church the other day and I asked, you know, because they invited me for, for um, Rey Eterno, Eterno Church for, for graduation. And I said a question and when I started my speech and I said, what do we think about when we hear graduation? What came to your mind, Dr. Yvette? When I think about graduation, when you just hear the word graduation, oh, just pride, just, just what an accomplishment, a happy day, yeah, happy yes. day. Well, it's everybody, you know, say like party, balloons, cake, celebration, and all these things, right? And I was uh, focusing on high school that that moment because there was high school graduates there, and that's not what's going through their head. Their head's going decision making. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go to college. Oh my God, I'm freaking out. Nobody else has gone to college. All my friends are going out. My, my friends are going to you to say, they're going, they're going all these things. I have no idea what I'm going to study. What should I major? Should I major in this? Should I major in that? Or what if, and I tell them, you're not married to your career. But we need to be, as parents, we need to be aware of everything that goes in their young kids' minds yeah. where, hey, it's not, it's not what they're thinking. They're thinking all these things, decisions and you know, and it's really hard. So I think the mentors need to be at every level. And we need to have mentors, uh, Dr. Yvette, on every stage of our life. I mean, mm -hmm. I have my spiritual mentors. I have the mentors that I looked up to that have been moms for a long time that I will call. I mean, these are older ladies from church. <laughs> I have mentors that I talk to, you know, in leadership. I have mentors. Now I know that I need them. Now I know how essential they are. Now I know who they are and I can pinpoint and I can go out there. And, and a lot of times, a lot of times um, they're, they're not, I'm going to say, oh, you, can you be my mentor? No, a lot of times, you know what? It's just a question, a phone mm -hmm. call, a text. And sometimes it's like, you know what? You have a time for lunch. Can we do brunch? You know what? I need you to guide me on this. So what do you think about this? What do you think? And you know what? And that's it. It doesn't have to be where you're meeting with this mentor every day or, or you know, a monthly meeting. No, we need to go out there. If you're listening out there and you, you don't have mentors, you need to go out there and, and mentor and find mentors. And a lot of times these people, they won't mind answering questions. A lot of these people, I mean, I'm not saying go out there and find a coach and, and pay for one. If you can afford it, amazing, you know, because I know I got parents that call me and they pay me to mentor their, their, their 
kiddos, you know, once a month, weekly, weekly uh, sessions. But a lot of times I know that who needs it. I know who, who, who needs to hear it. And that's why I do my sessions. That's why the podcast there, you know what, that's why this podcast is mm-hmm. here. That, what the work that you're doing, Dr. Yvette, you know what, hopefully somebody's out there listening and they will benefit for sure. Not just one, but many. So we need to go out there and find mentors and be a mentor to others. Yes, yes. I cannot agree more. <laughs> um, we're getting close to wrapping up. So I wanted uh, just to ask you if you have any other closing words of advice or what kind of advice would you want to share to a first-gen student um, who might be kind of figuring out what their next steps are, um, you know, they're maybe graduating or recently graduated from college or thinking about their last year in college, or maybe they're someone, because I have a mix of undergrads and grad students, maybe they're in grad school and they're trying to figure out the next step in their career after graduating. So what kind of advice would you give them? Um, or it could be related to entrepreneurship. Um, it could be related to the, an interest in, in leadership. So any closing remarks or advice that you want to share? Yes, of course. I would love to actually. And I know you said at the end, leadership or entrepreneurship, you know what? You can do anything you want. Dr. Yvette here, myself, we're first generation. What can I tell you again? I tell people when they meet me, they're like, oh, I I thought you were different, you know, because I'm really short. I'm like, what did you think I was taller? (laughs) (laughs) But point is, you know what? If I was able to do it, you can do it too. Please, I know it sounds cliche when we say reach for the stars, but it's uh, it's really true. And one of my my close uh, mentors, good friends, he mentioned to me one day and said, "Your goals should scare you." And I wish I would have heard that years ago, years ago, because I was only limiting myself to what I thought I could do. Mm, so change yeah. your mindset. Go as high as you can. Don't limit yourself to just a bachelor's. Don't limit yourself to just a master's. Don't limit yourself to a doctorate. You know what? And it's not for everybody. Sometimes you want to flourish and what you find your why and you realize that you're going to be your own boss, then you're going to flourish there. And sometimes, you know what? If right now you just recently graduated, you want to get married and have a family, great for you. You know, there's always room and time for everything. I know I tell people that, I wear many hats. You know, yes, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a mentor. I do leadership trainings. I'm a college professor. I'm an engineer. I'm a mom and so many things out there that I do. Guess what? You can do all these things. Don't think that because you chose engineering, you're going to be stuck doing that. Or because you chose mentoring, you're going to choose that. Or because you chose the medical field. No, you can go out there and do everything you want and anything you want. Again, don't limit yourself. Find mentors. Ghana and Persis will get you anywhere. And I'm honestly here. Reach out to me if you have a quick question, anything that I can help with. I will be happy to help you. And we need more Hispanics. We need more Hispanics out there to pursue their education, to to become entrepreneurs, to be more of the inventors, to someone out there to do more, right? And regardless of your race, regardless of gender, regardless of what you think you're doing, don't listen to other people. Don't listen to the negativity. Again, my mom was like, mijita, para que estudias? No, you go and do it. You, again, there's just, again, I wish I knew what I know now 20 years ago, right? And I didn't. I, again, only thing I thought I could do was become an engineer and that was only limited myself. So go out there and conquer. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for everything that you've shared. Um, I know you mentioned that if folks want to reach out to you, they can. So um, for folks who have resonated, who may want to be in touch, how can they reach you? Yes, please uh, reach out. I'm on Instagram with the Persistent Adversity podcast. I also have a Facebook page. Same thing, Persistent Adversity. You can reach to my personal email or my website, www.esmeraldadame.com. Again, it's my first name, last name.com. And I do services in English, services in Spanish, and a quick phone call, a Zoom, anything. I'm serious. Maybe we can do some sort of live with Dr. Yvette and myself. Oh, and that'd be you. great. Any of you that want to read out there, maybe we can start a sort of mentoring group. I know I do have a mentoring circle, actually, before I forget. You can find it also on my page. And it's just made up of entrepreneurs, business owners, dentists, psychologists, chemists, uh, realtor, realtors, and a lot of different community members who are out there. And they have their email contact information is there. You can reach out to them for anything. And let's go out there and again and conquer the world. Let's conquer a circle and do more for the community. Let's give back. And please, please never give up. Thank you so much, Doctora Esmeralda Adame. It has been such a pleasure having you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Femtoring Podcast. If you liked what you heard, here are three ways you can support the show. The first is to make sure you're subscribed and leave a review of the podcast. If you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, you become eligible for a free half-hour coaching session with me. Yes, that's right, one free session. Once you leave a review, you can email me a screenshot and I'll send you a link to sign up. The second way to show your love is to get yourself a copy of my free 15-page grad school femtoring kit, which includes resources on research, organization, grad school, and career prep. Go to gradschoolfemtoring.com slash kit to get it today. The third and last way to support my show is to follow me on social media. I am on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and occasionally TikTok with the handle at Grad School Femtoring. Thanks again, and until next time.